The Staggering Dragon presents Guardians of the Wills, a Star Wars podcast. And now here are your hosts, Neil and Dustin. Hey everybody, I'm Dustin. And I'm not Neil. I'm Gary. I'm back again this week. <laughs> uh, proud, proud, proud again to be here um, and can't wait to hear Neil come back um, probably next week. Uh, again, he's got better things going on. Um, That's right. But uh, let me throw this back at you, Dustin. Let's hear what is the D20 Radio Network podcast of the episode. That podcast is the flagship podcast of the D20 Radio Network, the Order 66 podcast, the podcast why we all exist in the podcast world. Uh, check out their latest episode in which GM Chris and GM Phil discuss the Jedi career from the books Rise of the Separatist and Collapse of the Republic. You and I have some experience running some uh, games through those books, and I must say they are they are quite entertaining. Yeah, there's some neat neat new rules in those books. I guess it's not new anymore, but <laughs> right. <laughs> well, towards the end of the episode, I haven't listened far enough yet, but they do discuss building Mando as a character in the FFG Star Wars RPG, which right. sounds pretty sweet. That'll be interesting to uh, to hear. So, you can find this and many other great podcasts at d20radio.com. And one more thing I've got to say... Happy birthday, Gary. Oh, hey, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel a day older than uh, a day over 50. <laughs> well, that's I good. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, but this is a birthday present for me, so I'm <laughs> getting to record another one. <laughs> well, thanks thanks for helping out. Thanks Absolutely. for helping out. So, what we're gonna we're gonna skip Cantina talk. We're just gonna get right to it. What are we doing this time? I mean, we're teetotaling. Heck yeah! Right on. Yeah, we, let's go right into the prime focus. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> time for this episode's Prime Focus. Oh my gosh, we have another Mandalorian episode to watch and provide commentary on. Chapter 14, The Tragedy. Are you ready? Mm-mm. Mentally? I, th- I think I am. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to do a one, two, three, go. So everybody get your Disney Pluses up. And when I say go, 
We're all going to hit the play button at the same time. Are you ready? I'm ready to push a play button. All right. I'm ready. One, two, three, go. Recap it up. Yeah. So if you go back to Guardians of the Wills episode question mark, I don't know when it was. Whenever we saw that scene from last season that we just saw in the recap, uh, Neil and I speculated that that was Boba Fett walking up on the lady from ER. I forget oh, her yeah. name. <laughs> because yeah, right. if you heard the uh, the Spurs walking up. We're like, is that Boba Fett? That can't be Boba Fett. Yeah. So, sure enough, it was. There's always a purpose of what they show in the recap there. The lightsaber strikes against the um, the Beskar. Right. Yeah. I mean, are, are they foreshadowing to the spear? Are they foreshadowing? What are what? What is the lead-in purpose there? Do you suppose? Hmm. Maybe it's just to reinforce the fact that Beskar is, you know, it can repel. Not only blasters, but also lightsabers. Yeah. Incidentally, I heard a or I read a suggestion of the name of the that spear thing. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I'll have to pull it up again. I can't remember. They suggested it was from some specific book, comic book maybe. Um, mm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, it was a. It was a little bit of a goofy name, a Billy Billy Club. Not like what Billy Club, but a Billy Goat. A Billy Goat. Billy Goat. <laughs> oh. So we're trucking it to Tython, the fabled planet of Tython. Grogu. He's playing with his toy Death Star. <laughs> I can't get enough of Mando. I can't get enough of this equally as Mando can't get enough of saying Grogu and then Grogu going, huh? Yeah, it's great. It's so great. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what'd you say? The... Okay, here we go. The, the amazingness about Grogu about that character right now, the depth of it is the, the use of the force and the fact that he's 50 year, years old. Right. Those aspects juxtaposed with the fact that he's still a stubborn little child um, is, is, is just so rich. It's so deep. I love the fact that they're doing that. Right. And so this little scene is kind of cool, too, because it reminds us what we learned in the last episode that Ahsoka told him that uh, Grogu has been trained, or at least partially trained, when he was at the Jedi Temple back right. uh, before the Clone Wars broke out. I mean, you get this, like, uh, almost, uh, to borrow a, 
Faith No More song title, you get some yeah. separation anxiety, uh-huh. which which is a really awesome song, by the way. But you get like the separation yeah. anxiety from uh, Mando, you know, starting to talk a little bit more and maybe he's like telling himself so he can come to terms with it that at some point he's going to have to give up Grogu. Well, the bond is getting stronger and stronger and stronger between the two of them, which is exactly yeah. what Ahsoka said is keeping him from being able to get trained. Yeah. You know, it's just... Oh, can't, can't wait to see how this goes, but I know. Uh, you can feel the emotions building as this, as this goes. So when you saw the title, The Tragedy, did you kind of have an idea of what that was going to be? Uh, I had concerns as to what it was going to be. I kind of figured it was going to be the abduction of Grogu. I, I yeah. kind of assumed that's what was going to happen. I was worried that through the um, oh, the, the the temple that he was going to disappear or something like that. I thought he was going to yeah. be gone and that Mando was going to have to go searching for him. Yeah. <laughs> I love, <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's, that's great. <laughs> with, with the flying armor, I really, I, I would have bet money that I was going to see that Favreau uh, directed this, you know? Especially by the time they brought in the dark troopers. Uh oh, foreshadow. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we usually tell people if this is the first time you're watching this episode, we don't know why you're listening to us talk about it the first time. You've made a horrible mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Turn this off, watch it, then come back on the second time and listen to us yak on about it. We're going to talk through this. Yeah, the the Iron Man parallels. It's like uh, all of the Mandos from the first season in episode three or whatever it was when all those Mandos are busting out. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. it looks like a whole bunch of Iron Men out there fighting. But the change in the jets to the bottom of their feet, really. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Yeah. You're absolutely correct about it. But as soon as those jets are on the bottom of their feet, it's a different level for me. Yeah, right. So I really like this here because Mando still doesn't really get the force because he's like, is there a button where we turn this thing on or, you know, a lever I'm supposed to pull to turn on the force. So the blue butterfly. Mm hmm. Are you telling me about that connection? I, I don't think it was me. Because I don't know what you're going to say. Hmm. Someone suggested there's a that there's a crystalline blue butterfly. Something about that uh, um, Ben uh, Solo and Luke as they're training. There's something about and and he's you know Ben's about seven. Um, and uh, something about them training and 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 it has to do with a crystalline blue butterfly Time's up, kid. and that the blue butterfly flying around is a symbol that Ben Solo might be the one that's contacting him oh wow 
that's wow that'd be pretty hardcore it would wouldn't it the um yeah Mando not only doesn't understand the force he's very stubborn in his misunderstanding the fact that <laughs> yeah. he keeps trying yeah. and trying yeah. I think isn't that yeah. the definition of insanity trying the same thing over and over again <laughs> right. expecting a different love the fact that Blade 1 is hot from entry re-entry yeah 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 so so when slave one comes into the shot the first time i was sitting there watching it and i audibly went oh i was like that's the slave one (laughs) like oh my god there it is because i was not expecting that to happen in this episode And all the shots of the Slave One in this episode are so freaking cool. I agree. Oh, man. There he is. There he sure is. What are you, Jedi? Neither. Neither. I've been slightly digested. (laughs) (laughs) I've been slightly, slowly digested over a thousand years. It was only like, you know, a day. We don't know. Yeah, this whole interaction is so cool because he's talking about, I want my armor back. It's mine. And then he quotes his dad right there. I'm just a simple man making my way through the galaxy. I give my allegiance to no one. So cool. It belongs to the Mandalorian. It was looted from us during the purge. The armor was my father's. Now it's mine. What's to stop me from dropping you right where you stand? Because I have a sharp shooter up on that ridge. With a locked scope that will unload by the time my body hits the ground. I'm the one wearing Beskar. As soon as I see that muzzle flash, <laughs> we're both dead. I didn't mean she was going to shoot you. My friends locked on to that little So, how did Boba Fett track Mando? Yeah, that's a good question. Is there some kind of way he can track his armor? I wonder. Or is or is he just rolling a bunch of survival skill checks and uh hitting triumphs every time he's he's rolling those things well i think the scene where he um so i, I think the scene where he, coming up where he um uh shows the hologram coming up out of the, the his suit of armor I wonder mm-hmm. if there's some sort of a tracking beacon that 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 he has that's associated right. with that suit. That would make the most sense. Um, right. So, Mando doesn't understand the Force enough to real to to say to call them on their bluff of go ahead and shoot that. Uh, I don't think your bolt is going to penetrate that that beam. <laughs> and that's really cool scene there. I, I missed that. I missed her um, showing off her new uh, cyborg 
uh, attributes. Yeah. And pretty Liam, interesting. My my thirteen year old had to clue me in on that one afterward. Her costume design, by the way, is really cool. It is. I cool. really dig it. I like the black and the orange or red or whatever it is, and uh, the helmet and everything is is really really cool. It reminds me a little bit of the, what was the gang in, oh my gosh, we have two two episodes in a row. I talked about these guys last week too, but the, the one gang that was in those colors in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, um, uh, in uh, The Force Awakens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the K-pop that, band. Yeah, yeah, that attacked Han Solo. Yeah. So the the little dropship, the Imperial dropship that just came down, yep. looks very much like the Imperial dropships from the sequel trilogy. You got that right. It sure does. And there's a scene coming up that I thought was absolutely fantastic with the dropships. I'll make a point of it, but because um, you know we talked about it again before. There's a green screen, and 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 you know that's CGI. That sure, yeah. The, the, those troopers don't. That first, look. the first, yeah, especially the first trooper running out of there looked a little awkward. I agree. And and I'll be honest, right here when I first watched it, and the the stormtrooper armor being very clean and everything, I was like, God, this almost looks like a high budget fan film. I was like, Oh man, I don't know. This is kind of weird looking. And then when Boba Fett starts doing his thing, all yeah. of, I forgot all of that yeah. <laughs> instantly. Yeah. yeah, he's like, okay, this is my opportunity. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. It is fantastic. The fight scene is so cool. And that's the the, the Sand People uh, staff. Just, the just an stick. awesome weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you. I'm not up on yeah. all the terminology, you know. <laughs> I love the I love the arm the stormtrooper armor just getting busted to pieces. I mean, he's just wrecking these guys. Right. And you know, it almost makes you wonder if I mean, we learn why, and we'll talk about this here in a minute, but we learn why he's doing what he's doing in this episode. But and there's your your yellow trim. Oh yeah. From uh reminds me of playing Battlefront 2. But uh oh, E Web. Yeah. Bring out the E Web cannon. So cool. No. <laughs> but what I what I was getting at was uh he 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 almost seems like he's got some kind of vengeance against these guys. Like he really wants to kill these stormtroopers. Right. You know, I made this comment to uh, to my son about if she really wanted to take cover from that e-web, I would have jumped behind the rocks, not run laterally. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe she was looking for and an it, opportunity to roll a boulder down on him. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> she got in a very convenient position right here. She did. She did. <laughs> but of course, again, the reason she did is because it was in the script. That's right. And what did this guy think he was going to do? Oh, uh, shoot that thing. 
He's gonna blow up that boulder. He's like, oh, that didn't work. Crap. <laughs> uh oh. Oh man. I mean, maybe he doesn't have any kind of vengeance against these stormtroopers. Maybe that's just how he fights everybody with that same fervor. Right. He's angry. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's just how he goes about his day normally. He's just that mad. Like, when he makes it breakfast, be. it's that intense. Well, he saw his dad get his head lopped off. Um, yeah. As a kid. That, that's awesome. Great scene. Yeah. And she is deadly with that rifle. My <laughs> yeah. gosh, she's good with that thing. Yeah, I always think about oh, man, I always think about things ship? in the uh, in like the role playing game terms. So, however many groups of minions are attacking them, oh, yeah. nobody nobody has uh, had a tick taken off their wound threshold yet from our right. heroes. But they've yeah. but they've taken out like six groups of minion stormtroopers. Yeah. That's when the GM was finally like, okay, this is ridiculous. I'm bringing another dropship into this encounter. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to protect you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I guess I'll do this now. <laughs> okay, you stay there. I'm going to go over here. Well, I, I think there's a scene from Kids in the Hall that we won't even bring up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be inappropriate. <laughs> oh, oh, nap time. Wore him out. He's got to take a nap. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's going to murder like a half a dozen more guys. Almost all of them in the head. Uh oh. Okay, let's move in. Uh, so he just starts taking it. Good? <laughs> you oh, yeah. know? Like putting that Dang. best car. Yeah, putting that best car to to some good use. And then, so his his soak the soak on that armor is ridiculous. No, oh, yeah, almost as almost as good a soak as a uh, as a uh, neckbreaker. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Neckbreaker from the Staggering Dragon podcast, which you should all be listening to. Oh yes, that e web. So yeah, that the scene of him jumping in there, Boba Fett just wrecking people, and we're getting how many year, forty years of crappy Boba Fett memes on the internet about. He's the coolest looking guy that didn't do anything and then right. he was in the movies for five seconds and then he died. Like, whoop-de-doo. It's like, we're going to make all of this right in like eight minutes. Yeah, and, and he's they just, just going right to totally here, Right here, when everybody. this guy jumps on, I, I mm. love that, that, that trooper jumping onto the, that craft at the end because they, they, I thought they did a great job with the CGI uh, transitioning yeah. from. It, it looks like the troopers, though, they actually have troopers running. Um, right. This is this is just fantastic. <laughs> I 
Nobody's going back to report about that. (laughs) And I love this line. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. no. And there's one part of the tragedy. He spent so much screen time fixing that ship. And it just finally got put out of its misery. And you know there were a bunch of credits that you know, just, oh. Oh, what a heartbreaker. Yeah, that's terrible. Feel feel bad for Mando in this episode. He gets his ship blown up. And so he here sets in a minute, his, the worst thing of all is going to happen. And he sets his, uh, he sets his, uh, uh, pack down at one point. You never see him pick it back. Hmm. I never noticed it. I don't. I don't think so. Not that I can recall. He's this not like wearing the, it right there. Yeah, this is like the fourth time I've seen the episode, and I don't think I remember him getting it back. I don't either. But yeah, there's your Iron Man scene. So Iron Man scene transitions into uh, Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the King, or the Fellowship <laughs> of the Ring. Um, when uh, you know the 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 ring wraiths are uh, gathering around <laughs> right. them, I mean, just the this right. scene looks so much like it. Reminds me so That's much true. of it. They start walking in into the ring wraiths. Uh, I'm too tired for that. Hmm. <laughs> Poor Mando. Yeah. It's a, a rough day. It is a really rough trip. Ah, so here's these scenes of the Slave One flying through the air. I just love it. It's so cool. And it really reminds me, I said it before, but Battlefront and Battlefront 2 on uh, Xbox flying around in the Slave One. It's what this reminded me of, but this is like cannon it's real it's like here it is i just love it such a cool ship it really is fantastic too i've always wanted to see i mean that they've never shown the inside of slave one all that much you know a little bit little blurbs little bits and pieces and and i you know we have we have visual of it from other media but um it was such a cool ship all the, you know throughout that entire time and throughout the original trilogy and we just never got that much extra information. Mm-hmm. I have to make a comment. Mm-hmm. Boba Fett in that armor. Um, I made a suit of armor, as you know, mm-hmm. back in the early two thousands, two thousand two. When I lived in Montana and worked for a, uh, a kitchen equipment refrigeration company, I welded up a suit of armor out of stainless steel. And I have the gauntlet. The, I only made one gauntlet because it took me 18 hours to make it. Or, six, <laughs> or something like that. And uh, it's all welded and pop riveted together so it will you know, articulate. I've got the helmet in my classroom as well. The rest of it's out in my garage. And I tried it on 
18 years after I made it this Halloween, <laughs> thinking, let's give it a shot. And I fit into the breastplate about the same as he's fitting into that breastplate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not as thin as I used to be. <laughs> no, he's not really wearing it as much as it's just kind of draped across him. Right. So you can kind of see, like, Boba Fett's kind of feeling for Mando here. You can kind of get that vibe. He's like, oh, man, this guy's whole world's getting tossed down the crapper right now. So we're getting a little backstory there on Jango Fett, which is really interesting. Yeah, it is. So she looks like she's not too happy about it. But, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's like, I guess, oh, I guess God. I'll go along with this Boba We're, Fett. This isn't going to go well for us. <laughs> <laughs> so this whole thing of Boba Fett, you know, saying he's going to help Mando in his quest and everything. For starters, God, there's another shot of the slave one flying through the air. I love that. Awesome. Anyway, uh, you know, we're getting like this team up right now. It's like this is the team yeah. right now, right. and he's going. And you know where he's going right now because he's on Navarro, yeah. and there she is. So he's like getting getting a team together, and Boba Fett's part of the team, which is just so killer. But um, I don't want to gloss over what we're about to see here because we're going to get a character that was in an episode, one of my favorite episodes from season one. Oh, yeah, it was a great episode. Mm. So he's going to try to get him to, to track down the Moff Gideon's ship, I guess. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Neil wanted me to bring this up. He, he had texted me, I'd mentioned this to you briefly before we started recording, but um, I guess there's, Neil gets on the interwebs and reads stuff a lot more than I do, but I Neil, guess there's a lot of... don't read the comments. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I guess there's a lot of hubbub about people like, well, why would Boba Fett help Mando? Like, he's just a bounty hunter. He, he wouldn't care about this kind of stuff. And Neil's point was, well, that's hogwash because... Django Fett was, you know, the uh, the host or whatever you want to call it for all of the clone troopers. And right. Neil said there was probably more than just the reason why they chose Django wasn't just because he was really good at killing people. He was probably also had some other personality aspects like being... <laughs> this is great. This is great. It is great. But as I mentioned to you before, he's going to the dark side. The choke, the force choke. choke, is not a good sign for for him. That's, <laughs> there's a little anger. I sense a little oh, anger yeah. in his in him. Absolutely. So Neil's thing was is that Django probably had honor, and that you know all of the clones had honor, 
And if Boba Fett said he was going to help Mando do something if he got his armor back, then by God, he was going to help him do it. So, and and I agree with him. I I think it makes total sense, and it really adds to the Boba Fett character that he's got a sense of honor right. to him. I agree. Dark Saber looks so sweet. Yes. You're not ready to play with such things. So somebody's got to be able to battle against a Dark Saber. Obviously, we have Beskar. Beskar's mm-hmm. spear that will block mm-hmm. lightsabers, so we can assume that it's going to block the dark saber as well. When we come out of hyperspace, send an encrypted message to Doctor Pershing. Let him know we have got our daughter. Yes, sir. So they're going to try and extract some more blood from Grogu. We assume to do For whatever. Cloning they're doing with it yeah like is this the beginning like we talked about is this the beginning of Snoke is this the beginning of bringing back Palpatine and all of that stuff which is mind boggling to think about Robert Rodriguez you did a good job that was an excellent episode yeah it was fantastic so good so good and I again can't believe we have to wait until Friday it's only two days away (laughs) <laughs> so a, a day and a half in time and we'll be watching the next the next episode there's only two episodes left oh uh, so yeah uh they'll, they'll be putting i bo-katan you'll be back this season I, I don't know i don't know she's on the, gonna have to cram a bunch of stuff into two episodes yeah no. but they're on a collision course here aren't they you know, I would think so. That's where they're headed. They're trying to track down Gideon. He's doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah. So, um, another person, uh, and as always, I'm a positive. Set this down so I can hear a little bit better. But I, I've mentioned it before. I haven't read very much. EU or comic book Star Wars um, mm-hmm. and and so uh, I have to go to my resident ex- experts in Neil and Dustin which is why it's such an honor for me to get to sit in on the podcast <laughs> um, but uh, a friend of mine mentioned that uh, he feels uh, it feels like uh, they're um, approaching or building into the um, Dark Force Rising. You feel the same way? The from the Thrawn yes. trilogy. That specific book, I think, was his point. Hmm. I, I I don't know what's in that book, but um, that was that was something that was mentioned, and I'm curious your opinion of that. I'm trying to remember exactly what happened in that book. Uh, I mean, we learn that uh, Thrawn is has built a, a clone army, and he found the Katana fleet, which uh, was a fabled fleet of spaceships that was lost in space, and he found it. So he had a he had a star fleet, and then 
He made a bunch of clones to man all of the ships. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'd be interested to hear exactly what what kind of parallels he was getting at with that. Yeah, I'll have to open up communication That's kind of with interesting. this guy with Andy a little bit more and see if I can get some more information. So, we usually do a severed limb rating. <laughs> the last couple episodes, I was just like, this is ridiculous. Why are we even doing this anymore? Uh, and I, I still feel the same way. I don't even know how to rate these episodes anymore because this is like the greatest Star Wars that has been set in front of me in I don't know how long. <laughs> so I don't even know how to rate that. Yeah, at the same time, though, I mean, I think we still have to, you know, you know we've had this discussion multiple times that that we're getting to the point where we don't need uh, feature films. Because the um, the CGI, the effects that we're getting in these episodes is as good as is movie quality. As you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, as we talked about during this episode, I think it took a step back in this episode. So mm-hmm. I think that would have to be taken into consideration here. There was a lot of action that just didn't look as polished as we have mm-hmm. seen. Mm, yeah, yeah. Now that you mention that, I, th- I, th- I'm, you know, like I said before, that first time I saw the stormtroopers, I was kind of like, uh, this looks like a really good fan film. The thing about the stormtroopers that bothers me so much is they're so clean and polished, and I don't like that. Like they weren't even that clean in the in the original trilogy that I can remember. I mean. Yeah. They're just it just it's just too too much. It's too clean. Like th- what happened to the stormtroopers from the first season that were all dirty and their armor was all messed up? Like what was that all about, you know? But uh hmm. yeah, I I kind of I kind of see what you're saying with the special effects and stuff. It did take a ever so slight step backwards in this episode. I would agree. But I tell you what the my love affair with the Slave One <laughs> kind of offsets that. <laughs> it's such a great ship, and Boba Fett's an even cooler character now. Um, oh yeah, we're, and we're going to get to see him at least through the end of the season, I would imagine. It's fantastic. There's there's a um there's some rumors out there. Some stuff I've I read uh, not too long ago. You know, having Boba Fett be in the second season, how much of Boba Fett and his story is, are they pulling from the standalone Boba Fett movie that they were going to make um, a handful of years ago and then got shelved? Like, makes you wonder how much of that, how parts and, you know, the script of that movie, how much they're taken from that and putting into this TV show, I wonder. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Well, we'll never find out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out in 15 years when they write the tell-all book about the greatest television series of all time. And we'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, 
let's wrap this sucker up. You guys can find Guardians of the Wheels on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TheStaggeringDragon.com, and D20Radio.com. And apparently... We're on Podbean as well. Podbean, and I want to, yeah, I want to give a shout out to uh, me and Steve Talk RPGs f- for letting us know because we had no idea <laughs> that we were on Podbean. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, we found out through our the D twenty Radio Discord server, which if you're not a part of, you should you should get on there because there's a lot of good back and forth conversation um, about Star Wars and role-playing games and all kinds of other nerdy stuff on there. So um, you guys can email us at stag drag. I always mess this up because it's hard to say stag drag podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and we always encourage you to leave us comments and feedback and let us know what you thought of chapter 14, the tragedy. The music on this podcast is by the band galactic empire. Gary, what are we going to do next time? Uh, well, hey, uh, it sounds like uh, you and Neil are going to talk about Chapter 15. What's it going to be called? It's The Something. Any any idea? I don't know. We'll find out next week. <laughs> uh, I'm excited. I can't wait. And I, uh, I, I'm honored to have gotten to sit in on another uh, episode of this podcast. Um, yeah. You know. I, we thank you very much for doing that. We uh, we might want to see about uh, the last episode of The Mandalorian. We might have to get you on here with me and Neil, and we can all three talk about the the end of the season. I think that'd be really cool. All you got to do is yell at me, and I'll be ready to do it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. But the nice thing is that we don't have to worry about what, you know, me and Steve uh, talk RPGs on that show. They, they discuss the, uh, the uh, disclaimer that we have at the beginning of the Staggering Dragon podcast, our sister podcast that you all should be listening to. Um, That's right. We don't have to say that on this one because we are clean here. That's right. <laughs> Which you did have to have to uh, clean up Neil's comments. <laughs> <laughs> we, Neil, we miss you. Looking forward to hearing your voice again soon that's right that's right all right guys until next time may the force of others be with you you've been listening to the guardians of the wills podcast this podcast is not affiliated with disney or lucasfilm and is meant for entertainment and educational purposes only simple man making his way through the galaxy, like my father before me.